welcome to First Cope, where we explore public realm art, how it's made, and why it matters. I'm your host, Stephanie Echeveste, an artist and entrepreneur based in Brooklyn, New York. I run Distill Creative, where I curate and produce site-specific art projects for real estate developers. This week on First Coat, we had Kilia Yano, an artist based in the Dominican Republic. She has done many murals around the world and for various art festivals and mural residencies, including Voz de Vida in Colombia, Graniti Morales in Italy, and Beyond Walls in Massachusetts. She recently had a retrospective and is working on a community-based mural project. I spoke with Kilia about how she finally started doing murals in the street, how her Taino and African roots influenced her artwork, and what it's like being a mom and an artist. You'll learn about her sketchbook practice, how she works with youth to create murals, and her advice to follow your own voice. Here's our conversation. It's so nice to connect. I was so excited that you were available. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm Kilia Llano. I'm a visual artist from Dominican Republic. I paint, I make murals, I make illustrations. I'm an art teacher too. I really like my job as an art teacher. I work with especially teens, sometimes kids, but I really like teens. It's been like 18 years that I've been teaching. You know, making murals came late. It's been like seven years that I'm painting murals in the the streets. And also I have clients, you know, that make commissions and all of that. But I love the street. I love painting in the street. And in in my country where education is not good, it's not available for everyone, not everyone has the chance to, you know, to really educate themselves. The only contact that they have with art is urban art. And that's what I really like about it. I like the idea of making people close to art, to uh, that looking at art could be something like common for them. And so they can appreciate it. They can learn, they can you know, expand their knowledge about art, especially when I go to like neighborhoods that are like very, very poor or communities. Like for example, I did this project lately, which is like my beautiful project because I'm very proud of it. It's a project called Moralizar Quisqueya. Quisqueya is the Taino name for the island. And the project is about making murals everywhere in the whole island, not only Dominican Republic, I want to go to Haiti too. I started in the border between Haiti and uh, Dominican Republic. I worked there in five different communities, making murals, but also teaching art to the kids and teens of the area, which were like Dominicans and, and kids from Haiti too, because they're like all mixed. And it was amazing. It was so beautiful that, I mean, it was, and and that was, it was just the beginning because now I want to go to the north of the island and then I go south and, you know, I'm going to be like moving. It's a very ambitious project. You know, I know it would take me, I don't know, maybe three or five years, but, um, but I think it's worth it. I think that I'm doing something that can I don't know, making my contribution to the world, to the people that need, you know, that, because they don't, we don't have art school, we don't have anything in the border. The border, you can't even imagine how poor it is. They don't have art school. I mean, there are a lot of kids, they love to paint. It was so amazing for them, you know, like they were like, oh my God, this is the first time I touch paint. And I was like, oh my God. And I really want to keep doing that. You know, I, I really want to, finish the project, even though it takes me 
five years or six years. You know, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. They need that. They need to be in touch with art, especially kids and teens, you know, they're the future. So I think as an artist, I feel that I have a responsibility with my community and my country. That's mostly what I'm doing right now, but you know, I've been traveling and doing murals also, you know, in other places. I was in DC in March. I was in Sicilia about two years ago. Then I went to Spain. Then I went to Colombia. And I've been like moving around, <laughs> you know, every, and maybe in a few months I'll be going to Trinidad Tobago, which is another island in the Caribbean. And, and here in the Dominican Republic, I'm going to be, you know, painting. I'm going to Puerto Rico maybe in a few months also. Depends on how COVID-19, you know, <laughs> if it lets me. Mostly that's all I do. Teach, make art, make murals. <laughs> With this project you're doing, how are you having basically the local community help you paint it? Or do you come up with the design beforehand? Or what's that process like? Well, what I do is this. First, I teach. I make, you know, like workshops and stuff. I teach them how, you know, I teach them how I work. Like how I start with the idea, how to make a sketch, how to combine like different elements in the sketch. And then how to you know, go to the wall, make the drawing, and then paint. But what I, what I did was I, you, I teach them, I, I, I had these workshops, workshops first, but then after that, I arrange a wall for them beside my wall so they can watch me painting. And I, I'm teaching them at the same time because I'm always, you know, telling them, telling them like tips and everything, but they see me working and when they see me working i think they learn more and i and i paint like beside them just i always try to find a space that i can have two walls one for me one for them and then my wall they help me too it's not that it's not they, they don't only work on on the wall but also they help me and we have all this you know going on thing you know like yeah. we spend five six days one week two weeks maybe working and it's great kids you know they and the beautiful part about it was that when i went back to those communities that i was working in last year all the kids that i you know that i had with me painting they were all painting they found a way to to find paint and also a lot of you know like people like local people that had the money they were like buying paints and everything so they can keep painting and not all of them, but at least the group of kids that were like really interested in art, you know? So the impact, I think, you know, it was beautiful. It is beautiful. That's amazing. I love that it's both the teaching aspect, but also the doing. You're not uh -huh. just teaching them in a classroom. This is art and, you know, this is how to do it. But you're actually getting them out and then they get to see something in their community that's just up forever hopefully proud, and they feel so proud you can imagine they're like oh my god i'm so proud this is my mural you know and it was it, it's a beautiful experience i like working with communities i think urban art it's more it has more meaning when you work with communities you know like especially if you work with kids and teens and I don't know, I feel, I feel like that. not all of, you know, all the artists I know, they like to work. I, sometimes, you know, they like to work by themselves alone. And, but I like to work with communities. I like to have, you know, like have that 
kind of close relation with them and they take care of you they're like all the time oh the artists you know and they're like looking for things for you when I was painting I remember everybody was you know used to bring me coffee and water <laughs> and food and you know it's, it's so beautiful it's, it's it's a nice experience do you remember what the first thing was that you created whether it was art or something else well when I was young like I don't know, maybe seven or eight. I was very young. I remember that part. I used to make dolls, paper dolls. I was so obsessed. My mom told me that I, they, she used to buy me like crayons and, and, and you know, color pencils and everything. And I, was, and I, like a month after, I was like, I don't have any, you know, I, I, I spend it all, you know? And she was <laughs> like, oh my God, because I was painting and drawing all the time, making all these beautiful paper dolls with all their, you know, the clothes and like a whole, you know, a bunch of them. My mom told me that I had boxes and boxes and boxes full of, of, you know, paper dolls. And then after that, I started drawing. She put me in my first class, painting class. I think I was, I was eight, something like that. So since, since I was very, very young, I knew I wanted to be an artist. And my mom knew that too. So she, you know, I, I was lucky because my mom understood me always and she always tried to find a way to, even though if they didn't have, you know, enough money, she always found the way to put me in classes and buy me stuff, like supplies and everything. And I always had the support of my family. So I think that was crucial for me. Like it was, I think it was my my base, you know, my, something that kept me moving into what I wanted to do, which, you know, not everybody, not everyone can say, you know, they had that support. I did have, and then, and, and I always, you know, I'm all my memories. I'm always doing, you know, doing art, like drawing, painting, cutting, making, I remember every box, empty box, like I, that I found in my house, I always was, doing something like a house or a hospital or a whole city once my mom told me that once she got home and she found my room and had this like a whole city and I was like making jokes that I was making New York City <laughs> and 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 years later I went to college in New York City so <laughs> I think it was a premonition <laughs> and then when did you go back to the Dominican Republic well I let me see. I came back because I went to New York. I went to Parsons there. When I graduated, I, spent, I stayed like a year after, a year more. Yeah, a year. And then I went to Spain. I, I was in Spain, in Barcelona for three years and a half. And then I came back here like almost the end of the 90s. I think it was 1999 or something like that. And then I'll, you know, I'll just stay here. I started painting murals in 2013 I always wanted to I mean all, I I remember when I when I met Banksy's work for the first time I was so excited I was like oh my god I want to do that that is so cool like working the street you know and all of but I I don't know I didn't I couldn't like get you know take the final decision to go out in the street and paint and I got sick I got sick I had a tumor 
in, in my head. It wasn't like cancer or anything like that, but it was big and it was affecting me in different ways. And, and I was like very ill. And when I had my head operation in 2012, after I passed all of that, I decided that anything that I wanted to do, I was going to do it. And the first thing I did was to find out, you know, who was painting in the street, like what, who, you know, artists that, paint, you know, that were painting in the street to ask them how I could, you know, like go out and if I, if I could go out with them to the street. And I have a friend of mine, he's a very good artist here. He gave me that chance. He invited me to paint with him. And that was like the beginning of all these explosions. And right now I've done, I don't know, more than 50 or 60 murals. Wow. So, so, <laughs> so yes, that's kind of my my story. <laughs> Industry. What's your favorite type of wall to to work on, and what kind of medium do you do you use on the wall? Well, I like bricks. I like that kind of bricks wall because it, it makes it makes the painting like look like that texture that the brick has i really like that and i paint with acrylic with paint i i use brushes and stuff like that i don't i try to use you know spray paint but even though i like it it's not really my thing i really like brushes i feel happy with brushes brushes is I, that's the way i like to paint you know I paint very in a very realistic way, so I feel that the brushes give me like more control when I'm painting, so I can do really what what I want to do. That's my medium. But I'm open. I'm, I'm I've done stencil once. I'm I, I've done like two murals that I use stencil, and it's really really nice. But I really like painting with acrylic. Do you do layers to build up your your paintings, or how do you work on the wall? Well, it depends on the size. If I'm making, if I'm making a huge wall, like the one I did, my biggest wall is in Lynn in Boston. I went to Beyond Walls. They invited me in 2018. And for that one, I, 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 I had to do it with layers. But it's not usually the way I work. The way I work is I make the design, I make the drawing. And if I start with the head, I, until, my, until the head is not finished, I don't move around. You know, I usually work like that. I like to work like that. I know that you spend more time, but I really would like to work like that. But um, but when the walls are big, you know, you need to work in layers because if not, you take forever to finish. And when you, when you have like a deadline, you're not, you know, you need to work fast. So in that in that case, I I do work with layers. I in in for example, in that mural that I did in Lynn, I it was it's like a woman like. Uh, she's like in the water. She's like like that, and and I paint the whole body of the woman with one color, and then I was putting color, and then I put it, and then the background. I did the same thing, and so I could do. I I made that I made that mural in nine days, which is fast. Nine, nine days. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. Your work is so like detailed. There's. You know, it looks like an oil painting on the wall. It's, it's really impressive. Yeah. Well, I try to. I like that. Even though I really like contemporary art and I like a lot of different styles, I admire so many different artists that work abstract or, or you know, more realistic or whatever. 
I, my work, I, I'm more, I don't like to say classical because it's, it's not really, some people say, oh, that's, you know, hyper realistic or something. It's not actually, because if you get like close, you can see all the, um, all the marks that I leave with a, with a brush. If, if you ask me which style fits more my, you know, it looks more like me, I would say impressionism. I love Van Gogh. I love Van Gogh. I love him. I love his work. I think he was, he was a great artist. He one of the, for me, one of the greatest artists. Like I think art has a point before him and after him. And the way he painted with all the, you know, all the, um, I don't know how to say that. The dots? Yeah. The points, like pointillism? Dots and, and you know, and because that's the, really the way I paint. I, when I paint, I don't really think about the subject that I'm painting. When I'm painting, I think about color. I think about marks. Like, okay, this is this color, this is this color, this is this color. I think only color. And I put the colors the same way I see them, you know, in my sketch. And that's what I do. And if in, in when I'm painting, for example, I don't mix color. I, I, I rather buy, instead of buying like gallons and a lot of paint, I like to buy like small cups. And what I do is like, I use my, my brush like that. And I'm always like mixing in the wall. And my friends, I, and when, when I paint with my friends, they were like, you're crazy. You're gonna mix that color 25 times. And I'm like, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> But I, I, you know, it's the way I paint. It's something that I don't plan. I just do it, you know, I, and I enjoy it, which is for me, I can't do anything in my life if I don't enjoy it. I think you need to enjoy what you do. If you don't enjoy it, you know, it's, what's the purpose? Do you keep a sketchbook? Yeah, I have plenty of sketchbooks. Can you tell me about your, like how, what do you sketch and how, what's your favorite sketchbook? I can show you my last one. Mm -hmm. Let me show you. I started this one. I have, I have, I have two actually, because I have, I have this one. This one is when I travel for me, it's better because it's a small mm -hmm. and I do, I do like, I don't know if you can see it, uh, whatever I think in like, for example, that I went to the museum, to the Prado museum in Madrid and all the paintings that I did, I, you know, I was like, making drawings, Rembrandt and all of that. I, I love to go to the museum. That was when I went to uh, Amsterdam, I went to Van Gogh Museum. So I made that drawing when, when I got out of the, you know, I, I like to work with ink. When I, when I work in my sketchbook, well, I mean, you see, it's... Do you use like a brush with ink or just pen or? I oh. use both. Sometimes use brush, sometimes I use paint. This is my last that I was, that one, I was working on that one when I was now stuck in Miami. <laughs> and like, for example, that's the feeling I got when I was <laughs> quarantine. Wow. That's what I want. I wanted to, I, when I was in, in the, my quarantine there, I was alone, I had moments that the only thing that could make me feel better was when I was working in my sketchbook. And I tried to express all the feelings I had inside. And, 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 and it was great because it made me feel like, for example, that's another one I did. You wow. see, like, 
that was a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Are you but, using watercolor in there? Watercolor. Usually I work with watercolor. When I work in my sketchbook, I work with watercolor, color pencils. I like Prismacolor. They're, I really like them. And sometimes markers too. It depends on what I have. But usually I work with watercolor when I work in my sketchbook. I use this uh, watercolor that are like, um, it's not like the typical watercolor. They're like mostly like paint or something. And it's good because it depends on how, how you know, how much water you put in it. You can use it like light or you can use it like very, you know, dense. So I really like that. And I like ink. I love ink. I love ink. It's so beautiful. When you, when I, I think ink makes my sketches more strong, more expressive, more, I don't know how to explain it, but I really like it. Like a nice strong black. Uh -huh. I also, I love ink. I, I like Sometimes I think, oh, I, I'm gonna try not to use it, and then I'm like, no, it, it's like it's missing it's something impossible. if it's not there. No, I know it's yeah. impossible because it's so cool. Ink is so. It depends on how you use it. You can get so many different feelings in your work. You know, I really like it. I'm always drawing every day. How do you how do you balance your fine art practice with your public art practice and teaching and just project based work? I get crazy sometimes. <laughs> I have so many things to do sometimes. I'm like, what? But, um, well, I try to combine it. I, um, I try to combine it. Like, it, as, as, you know, as good as I can. As I can. You know, right, right, right now, for example, um, I'm on vacation. I'm not teaching. So it's good because I can spend all my time drawing, painting. And next week, next month, I'm going to have my first mural after the quarantine. I was waiting to see how everything was going to turn out before I went out to the street. So I think um, next month I'm going to I'm going to make my, my first mural. But I try to combine my days. You know, if I have to teach, well, I usually I, I don't teach that many hours during the week so I can combine my teaching mm -hmm. with my murals. And mm -hmm. if I can if I have to go to a place for a week or two weeks, then what I do is I have a substitute and, uh, you know, teach my classes and I can go and paint my murals and all of that. I try to manage myself, but sometimes I get crazy. It gets very crazy and I get so, so tired and I'm like, I'm not going to paint for a month. But it's not true. I paint like the next day or the next two days I'm painting. <laughs> what kind of painting do you do when you're not working on walls? What I, well, actually, I have one here. I don't know if you can see it. That's the kind of paint, you know, that one. Well, la last year, I had this exhibition. It was like my first retrospective. And because I, I had 25 years of art career, so I wanted to celebrate that. So I made this huge exhibition. And the fine art part... What I did, I did this, this um, it was called the four elements. I work with the four elements, how the four elements affect our human emotions and our human body. For example, this painting behind me, it's, uh, it's part of the, the, of the series called Water. Uh, and, and I really like to paint, I really like portraits. If you see my work, you can, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you can tell, and 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 I like, you know, how a portrait can express so much, and especially with water. What I, you know, how water can, because water is one of my the best 
theme for me because I really like it. I really like how water affects our body, our skin, but also how it affects our emotion as human beings and the relation with the water. And, and also, I, I well, in, at last year in that exhibition, I also worked air, earth and fire. And for air, I did this installation outside of, outside of the gallery. The gallery was in front of the sea, so it had a lot of breeze like going on. And I make this huge, um, I don't know how to call it. You know, when you wash the clothes and you put it outside, oh, that's wow. very typical in the islands. You know, we wash the clothes and we put it outside and like, you know, like with all together, you know. So I did this huge installation with portraits done in sheets that people donated me. And I did this huge portraits and I put it outside of the gallery so the wind could move all the time. Wow. The paintings, and that was air. And for fire, what I did, what I did was I make photographs of uh, people that wanted to, you know, be models for me. And I make pictures. I project with my with my projector. I project um, fire on their skin to see the color, how their their skin like changed the color, mm. and that's what I paint. And that was fire. And I did all this series. It was it was it was it was great. I really liked that exhibition. I really liked the work how you know it came out and right now i'm working with portraits but i'm working another theme uh, related to water but not only water you'll see <laughs> you when have I the exhibition is it on your website or do you have photos of it somewhere i'd love to my, link to my it. website uh, not very much, but in my Instagram, okay. in my Instagram, I have plenty of pictures of because I it, the exhibition has had like three parts. One part was the you know the fine art part, which you know I work the four elements, and then I had the illustration part also because I'm an illustrator. Actually, I graduated from illustration in Parsons. You know, I I always done illustration for children's book for. Uh, newspaper magazines and all of that so that was another part of the exhibition and then I had the part the urban art and murals part and what I what I did was I print my best like what what I what I thought were my best murals I, I make like huge prints on uh, fabric and I uh, put those in the exhibition so I had like the three those are like the three most you know like most important part of my career so is the painting behind you what medium is that acrylic acrylic do you normally work with acrylic yeah but you know what when i was in the quarantine i took this workshop with a great artist and i painted with oil paint which i was i don't know maybe 15 or 18 years that i didn't use it and i was like crazy at the beginning i was like no i hate this ah! I can do this, I can, oh, I can work with this and, I, and all of that. But then after, you know, cause I spent like a week doing a painting. And after that, now I'm in love with oil paint. Now I want to change, <laughs> but I need time. I need time. Cause you, when you make, when you get used to a, 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 with a technique, with a, with a material, it's hard to change. Cause you, maybe, maybe because you get into your comfort, you know, zone and everything, but I think, it's hard, but you have to, you have to change. You, you know, it's good. It's not bad for me. So I bought all this oil painting and I'm 
starting to work on, on oil paint. And I want the, the next series I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make it with oil paint. So let's see how it goes. That's so exciting. <laughs> I've, I've been taking a workshop for acrylic painting. It's, I mean, the acrylic painting part is kind of like secondary. It's more about like character development. But um, I've been hating everything I've been doing because I'm used to working with oils. And I'm not really a painter either. I normally do textile work. So like weaving and fiber art. So I finally like, I love working with oils. And now with acrylic, I'm like, I can't, like, it's so true. You just have to keep doing it because you're used to something else. And then. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's the main problem that acrylic has is that it gets dry too fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm running into. And I, I know. can add things to make it last longer, but it's just, there's something about oil where I love just being able to manipulate and continue working the paint. Yeah. And yeah. the color, like, I like mixing colors with oil and with acrylic. It's just like, it's just different. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a totally different thing. You know, Yeah, it's, it's, it's so different. It is. Uh, I, I agree. But, um, I think it's practice, you know, for me, oil painting was so difficult when I started using it, but, um, and it's, it's you know, it's still, it's, it's difficult, but it's, it's good because you get out of your, you know, your comfort zone and you try something different and you see how, you know, materials give you like, like each material has something important to give you and to teach you. So, you know, it's good. I think it's good. I'm so excited to see your next series now. What advice would you give someone who wants to start doing art in public space? Do it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready. I remember that was, that was something that had really happened to me. Be before I got sick, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I can't make that drawing that size. No, I can You know, I was like, I was my worst enemy. That is mainly the problem with a lot of artists. We are our, be our worst enemy. And we, you know, we need to understand that we learn from mistakes. That if you start doing something, you're not going to do it perfect. Because you're starting. You know, you need practice, you need experience, you know, like right now, what I used to, you know, a wall that I make now in two days, it used to take me two weeks or one week, you know, and it's because I have practice now, you know, so if you want to go out and paint in the street, I think that you just need to do it and do whatever you feel like doing, do whatever you feel feel that you need to do look for your own voice because there are a lot of artists outside a lot of and great artists you know and if you start looking to all those artists you're not going to be happy with what you do you need to be happy with yourself with your voice because it's your voice that is going to be there and that's you know mainly that's what I do I try to do something that inspire me and I do it my way, you know, like when I was telling you before the way I paint that some, some artists tell me, oh, you're crazy. And I'm like, that's the way I work. That's the way I like. I feel, I feel, you know, great doing it. Why am I, why am I going to change? You know? So I think that's the most important part to feel good about what you're doing and, and understand that when you, you know, go out to the street, maybe your first two or three murals, they're not going to be as good as you wish but you're going to be learning and, 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 you know, after a while you're going to be doing all the things you wanted to go out and do it. That's such good advice. <laughs> uh, don't talk yourself out of it. <laughs> <laughs>
What's one thing you wish you had known before you had started uh, doing art as a career? Hmm. Let me think. Maybe when I started, when I was young, to something that I did that it really was bad for me was to compare my work, always comparing my work with somebody else's work. And you can't, you know, and thinking that if you don't do the things the way you're supposed to, it's bad. It's not, you know, you need to just do things, even though they're not as good as you think they should, you need to do it. And, and like, at that moment, I didn't do, like when I went out to college, I really liked urban art, as I told you, and I never did it because I was afraid. I was afraid that oh, my, my work, you know, this is not going to be good and, and I can, I'm not going to be able to do, you know, pieces that big and blah, blah, blah. And I never did it. And when I started, even though I'm doing it now, like seven years, I've been doing it. You know, I'm 47 right now. I started when I was 40. I wish somebody, you know, told me or there was a way that I knew when I was 19 or I was 20 that I just needed to go out to the street and paint and, 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 and that it doesn't matter, you know, you know, how good you just need to go and do it. And I think I lost like a lot of years that I could, but you know, at least I'm doing it now. So mm -hmm. that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I feel like that's even harder now with Instagram or just like everyone has everything online and it's hard to not look up like I'm always looking up references for things, but then I end up like down this rabbit hole. And so, yeah, just not comparing yourself with other people is huge. It's the, I think it's the biggest. Because <laughs> we tend to do that. As humans, we always tend to compare. And it's not good. It's not good. You just need to uh, concentrate in your, in your own stuff, your own style, and your art. You know, nobody's going to know your art better than yourself. Very true. Are you an artist? Submit your portfolio at distillcreative.com slash artist. You'll get on our Distill directory, our artist database, and be considered for upcoming art commissions. What's something you've read or listened to that's inspired you recently? Music. Music? Anything yeah. specific? Music and culture. Those are the two things that really move me in my work. Themes that I choose, they have they always are about identity and and my culture and where i come from that's something that really moves me but lately i've seen how music can impact my emotions i really like to listen to classical music when i when i'm painting but also i like electronic music <laughs> which is crazy i know but um those are the two musics that really it's not that they have an influence in my work directly, but in my feelings and how I feel. And, and I think it's important how you feel when you're working. Even though your feelings has nothing to do what you, what, with what you're doing, but they really do have an impact on how you, how you work and how you feel when you're working. So if you ask me if something that I cannot live without, I, I could say music. For sure. I love music. I can't live without music. And I also love my culture. 
my culture is part of myself. I'm inspired of everything I do, everything I think. Even though there are things that I don't like about my culture, because nothing is perfect, I really feel proud of where I come from. And all my, you know, my roots, my African roots and my Taino roots, especially those two. For me, those two roots make me, um, make me what I am. Can you talk a little bit more about your African and Taino roots? And has your relationship with your culture changed from when you were younger to like a teenager to adult? Or have you always been into it? No, it's changed. When I was young, you know, the only, the only idea I had was, I want to get out of this country. I don't want to go, I don't want to come back, you know? But now that I'm older, I really appreciate my roots and my African heritage and my Taino heritage so much. That's everything I paint, it has to do with that. Like all my, my identity part, I feel like it's so connected with Africa and, and my Taino, you know, part. Because everything I think, everything I am, everything I, I do, it has to do with that. With my with my background, with my ancestors, my you know, so um, yeah, for sure. And with all this movement right now, I feel so connected because racism is not only in the states; it's everywhere, even here. Here, a lot of people uh, are, you know, they don't treat well people from Haiti. Have you heard about that? No. Okay. Well, in, okay, this is one island and we, there are two countries share the island. The, the island has two, two countries, right? Haiti in one side and then Dominican Republic. During the history, we didn't have that good relationship because Haiti occupied Dominican Republic for 40, 44 years and all of that. And then, but the problem is right now, the racism is from Dominicans to Haiti, so two people from Haiti. And not everyone, because of course, in, in this country, 75 of people we have like black, you know, in, in, in our family and in ourselves, you know, we're not white. Some people, you know, they don't treat well people from Haiti. Haiti is a very poor country. A lot of people from Haiti come to the Dominican Republic without control and they cross the border and there are a lot of them here. And people are kind of angry about that, but I really hate that because you know, Dominican people go to it to, to other places. And, you know, like New York, for example. You know how many Dominicans are in New York? Yo, how can you talk about people from Haiti if you're in the same situation in the, in the, in the United States, you know? And I hate that. I hate that. I think that, first of all, it doesn't matter where you come from. We're humans. And you need to act like humans. You know, you need to understand that there's a lot of things that happened to the black people during history. This is not now. This comes from, you know, long time ago. And, you, and, and it's true. It, it is true. It is true that there are a lot of racism. And you can, maybe in the States, it's, it's you know, it's more, I don't know how to say, more active, mm-hmm. kind of. But it's, but it's everywhere. Everywhere is the same situation. And everywhere, black people are suffering suffering because they don't have the same opportunities because this is about opportunities this is about how they how you know opportunities that they don't get because they're black and that's it the same thing that a lot of opportunities you know people from latin america in the state they don't get either you know and this is the fight of everybody in the world that are against 
equality. We are equals. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter where you come from. We are equals. And, and everybody has the same rights. They have the same right to receive the same education, the same everything. It has to be the same. You know, and I, I think brutality is an issue in the States. And it's an issue here, believe me. The police here, <laughs> police here is, they're, they're bad. I mean, they're like, not all of them, you know, same in the States, but but uh, people is tired of it. And people is tired of, you know, of people, of police that believe that because they're, they're they, you know, they're the law, they can do whatever they want. You know, they're not. You need to, Talk to me like I'm like a person, you know. When I was in Miami, I remember I, I, I have a cousin. She lives in the States. She's been living in the States for 30 years. And even though she speaks English, she has a lot of accent. And we were like, she was, we were on our way to go to the Keys, to, the, to Key West. To, because I never been in the Keys. So I was like, oh, I want to go to the Keys. And she was like, okay, man, I'm going to drive you, you know. And when we got to the key, there was this police control. And the man, the police you know, guy, a white police, he was like, you can come, you can turn around, turn around, you can, you can pass, you can pass, turn around. I was like, hey, dude, you know, speak to me like a person. You, you don't need to shout and tell me, if I cannot go in, you just have to tell me in the nice matter, lady or miss or whatever you want, I'm sorry, but you cannot go through. You need to turn around because this is close. You know, talk to me like a person. You know, I hate that. And, and police are like that. And, 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 and not only there, here too. They talk to you like you're a piece of shit. I'm sorry, but I have to say it. No, I, I agree. It, and it's the same problem everywhere, you know? It's not only right. here. What do you think is the role of an artist with that context, like particularly now? Raise our voice through our work. Like my next mural is gonna be about that. Oh, you can you can be sure about it. We are equal. That's and and I need people to see that message from me, because I need to raise my voice for what I think is fair, what I think it's humanity. You know, that's what I think. I think that artists has a responsibility right now to to you know raise their voice. And, and, you know, supporting what is right right now. And what is right is the fight because we deserve the same treatment, no matter how color, you know, what's the color of your skin or where you come from, you know? And it's not only against black people, it's against, you know, immigrants, it's against, you know, minorities, it's against, you know, people from, from Middle East too, people from, from China now, you know, with all this COVID-19, all these stupid things, you know, you're from China, you're, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's all the, the world has to change. If we don't change, we're not going to have a future. We're not going to be happy. We're not going to live a happy, you know, in a happy world. Mm -hmm. We need to understand that. And it's so hard for a lot of people to understand. And it's sad. And I think artist has to raise the voice against that against that you know oppression and against all the injustice that we live in the world right now yeah we are kind of the main characters of this movie and we need to raise our voice and tell people you know hey this is this is right that's wrong yeah, yeah. 
I've been talking too much, right? <sighs> no, just like, it's, it's so true. And it's so nice to hear. It's like, it's not complicated, right? Like it's not hard to understand and it's not, there's such a clear what we should be doing, right? Like everyone. And, I know. and yet it's still, I think, easy for some people to just like ignore it, right? Or just like continue with their lives as it were, or try to rebuild like post COVID this like normalcy again, but everything, everything needs to change. Mm-hmm. And I really agree with you. And I think, I mean, that's part of why I'm doing this podcast. Like I just, I'm so sick of people not recognizing all the problems and, and actually changing their lives because of it, right? Like we can't continue to try and fit ourselves into the, the, the system as is because it just, it doesn't work for most people, you know? Exactly. It's not working. So we need to change. That's part of evolution. We need to, to change and to understand that if we want, if we want this world to exist in the future, we need to change and not only change our, you know, how we, you know, live with other human beings, but also how we treat this world, which is the only one we have. We don't have anything else. This is the only planet we have. And I think that we're not aware of that right now. We need to be aware of that, that we need to change the way we act, the way we react, the way we treat not only people, but our planet. Because it, it really worries me now. I mean, it really worries me, the future. Do you have kids? Yes. Can you tell me about what it's like being a mom and an artist and like, any, any thoughts you have on that? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Actually, when, when my kids, well, right now it's, it's easier because my kids are, you know, they're old. Like my daughter is in college. She's, uh, she's in college in Spain. And my son is going to be 15. So, you know, they're grown up now. When they were young, I had to put my career aside for a long time. It's a um, sacrifice that I did in the moment, especially the first, you know, seven, eight years. Because I wanted to be a full-time mom. Because I was, you know, I wanted to have kids. So I wanted to be a full-time mom. And this kind of you know, work, like, you know, making murals and all that, you know that you don't have enough, like enough time to be home. So I didn't want that. So I st- I put a stop in my career for seven, eight years to be a full-time mom. And then when I started working, you know, they were like old enough, just, you know, I had more time. I don't, you know, I needed, I didn't have to be with them all the time. So it was easier. And now that they're like, grown up more easier because now I can you know like tell them hey I'm going to paint a mural in whatever place and I come back in a week for example and it's fine because they're they're big now it's different when they're young they want they want to be with you hang out with you but when they're teens they don't want to do anything with you so (laughs) (laughs) so it's the perfect time for me now to even though you have like the cool as a job right <laughs> yeah even though I have the coolest job yeah it is it is you know they really like art which is good that 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 part I like especially my daughter she loves art even though she does she's she she's gonna be a lawyer but she <laughs> likes she like no but she likes art she really likes go to museum with me and all of that she likes to go to theaters and but uh the brother art that they're, they're not artists <laughs> they they not I mean 
they don't. I don't know my son. He re, he's he his drawings are very good, but he says that he he doesn't want to be an artist. I don't know. <laughs> I let them be whatever they want to be. I just tell them that if they want to do something, make sure that it's your thing. Don't do anything because somebody wants or because you think it's popular. Do whatever you feel like you want to do. That's the only thing I want. I don't want you to be artists if you don't want to. But if you if you want to be artists. You have my support. You have my support, whatever you want to do. What are some resources that have helped you along the way in your art career? Well, resources. As I told you before, I like to work with identity. So I'm, I'm always reading history. Even though you go to school and you learn and all of that and blah, blah, blah. But they don't really teach you. Like, For example, here, they don't really teach you where you come from, where, you know, about Tainos, about those African people that came, how the cultures, you know, they, they, they mix here and all these, you know, legends and all this myth and all, you know, all of that. I, those are resources for me, like, especially myth. I'm really interested in myth, in Taino myth and African myth and how they mix here in the island. And, and what, you know, what happened during history in the island. I really like that. I, so always when I work, I try to read. I try to uh, look for anthropological, you know, facts and, and, and sociology and, you know, everything, history. And those are my resources. Just constantly learning. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Are you a real estate developer looking for a unique amenity for your site? Get our free guide, 10 Tips for Commissioning a Site-Specific Artwork, at our website, distillcreative.com. What's a common myth about being an artist that you would like to debunk? That we are not organized. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people tell me that. Because it's not true. You know, we are organized. We, we, we know... For example, I'm very organized. I, I, I know everything where it is. I'm, I'm, I'm really, with my paint, I'm really organized. I'm always like, you know, trying to arrange them by color, by this, by that, and everything. You know, I know where all my stuff is. I know, you know, I don't think that that is a myth. It's not true that we're disorganized. Some people tell me, oh, you're not going to be in time, on time because you're an artist. Who told you that? Like, we don't have responsibility. Okay, for most of the people, artists, we don't have memory. We're not organized. We're not, we don't have responsibilities at all. We live the happy life and we love art and we live the hippie life all the time. And what else? I don't know. We never have money. We're broke. And I don't know. There's so many. There's so many myths. And I think that's so stupid because if that doesn't, it's, the way you add, it doesn't depend on your profession. It depends on yourself. I mean, if you're, if you're not an organized person, even though you study law or you're studying, I don't know, economics, you're not going to be organized because it's the way you are, you know? So people need to understand that those, every, all of that, they're myths. We, I don't know, maybe artists, okay, maybe we have a lot of observation skills. Yeah, that is true. We kind of look uh, deeper than, you know, regular people. But at the same time, we can have a lot of, sense, like, common sense. You know, who said that we can't, you know? 
yeah, we need to fight that all the time because it's something that is in the worldwide. So many things. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like when you have tattoos or, oh, no, it's okay. She's, a, she's an artist. And that, what, I mean, that's always like that, you know, everywhere. Not only here, everywhere. It's the same thing. What's your biggest failure and how did you learn from it? Or a failure? It doesn't have to be your biggest. It's hard because some bad experience or bad decisions that I made through my life, I don't see them as a failure. I see them as a, a bad experience that I learned something mm -hmm. from it. You know, and for example, I, well, as I told you before, I want, I wish I could do this urban art as soon as I got, I graduated from, from, from college and I didn't, and I regret that. I mean, I regret taking that decision when I was 40 instead of 20, for example. That's the only thing I can say because... The rest are experiences, good experience, bad experience, but I think you learn, you learn a lot from bad experience. I think they're necessary. I don't think it's healthy when everything com comes like perfect. You know, you need to learn at some point, you need to learn. And the only experience that live uh, like a learning on, on, on our lives, it's bad experience, you know, because you learn, you learn, oh, okay, next time I won't do this this way, or I'll change this, or I'll change that, you know? So the only thing I regret is to take that decision when, when I was 40. Where can our listeners find you online? My webpage, which is Kiliayano, like my name, .com, and also my Instagram. My Instagram is like where I post the most. Like everything I do, I right away, as soon as I finish it, I right away post it. So I don't forget because I'm so bad for technology. I realize that and I live with my reality. <laughs> because of that and but but it's it's that I have I usually I don't think about like posting my work or using technology so I need to make an app and an, a habit so I try to every time I finish something I post it at least in Instagram my webpage I update things like every three months every four months depends but my Instagram is like everything I do is there We'll link to that in the show notes so that people can find you. And right. <laughs> thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been really great to get to know you and your work. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Okay. Take care. Hugs. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of First Coat. If you like this podcast, please leave a review. Make sure to subscribe to the First Coat podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at First Coat Podcast or at Distill Creative. First Coat is a production of my company, Distill Creative. Check us out at distillcreative.com.